Abula, how are we? Warm and dry, toasty. Oh, toasty. It's it's weird. You want to pop up later? <laughs> I don't know. Well, good morning. It is great to have you with us this morning. It really, it really is great to join uh, together as the church. You know, throughout the week, it can feel so, am I the only one who really believes this? In so many different places that we work. But then to gather as the church, to know that other people are gathering as churches all around our city and across the nation and then at different times throughout the day and later on in the week throughout the world as well, to glorify the name that is above all other names. It is pretty amazing. And so we're so grateful that you've chosen to join with us this morning. Slight segue. Have you ever touched an electric fence? (laughs) Yeah? You know that feeling when you come across an electric fence and it's just a couple of wires and you've touched it and you can feel the electricity zapping through you into the ground? It's a little shocking. (laughs) Thank you. If you didn't get that, just nudge the person next to you. What? (laughs) They will laugh at you. It's a bit of a surprise. A few years ago, I was out walking on our family farm, and I uh, I came. I eventually found myself in uh, one of the old orchards on the farm. Now it was uh, late, um, early autumn, should I say? So there were no fruit whatsoever to be found. But I knew that at the bottom of the orchard, kind of round the back of the old pigsty, there was this beautiful big old walnut tree. And right at this time of year, the walnuts would have been dropping and it was time to start collecting some. So I thought I'd wander down to see if I could find some walnuts on the ground before they'd gone rotten. And as I was pushing through the long grass and past some of the old trees and the branches that were no longer covered in leaves, I came across a small wire, a brake fence, that, you know, just clicks, um, you twist into a little uh, pigtail. If you grew up on a farm, maybe you would know what that is. But a little wire that just goes across and you move them along. Now, on the farm, we're always taught to treat every wire, every fence, as if it's electric, right? As if it's coursing with electricity, it's hot and alive. So I was like, well, this, I know what to do with this. And it's about this high off the ground, it's a bit high for me to get my leg up to stomp it down. So I'll just crouch under it, because I'm small and nimble. (laughs) So I go to crouch under this electric wire, and as I'm crouching under to go under it, I felt this whelp across my back, and such a surprise it was that I flew straight onto the ground, onto the cold, wet ground, I will tell you. I knew that it could be hot, but I hadn't quite crouched down low enough. I could see the wire, but I hadn't fully anticipated the power that would be coming through it. And so I kept walking down to the walnuts, knowing that when I came back, I would crouch even lower. I might even belly crawl on the wet ground to avoid the electric fence from zapping me again. Now, I know that when I come to a fence, as I always have, I know to assume that it's hot and alive. I can't see the electrical current zapping its way through it, stopping any animals or cattle that have wandered that far down through the old orchards. I can't see that. All I can see is simply a little thin piece of string, really, with a little bit of wire running through it. And without the power in it, it is simply quite harmless. 
You could lift it up, push it down, move it to the side and walk through it. That's when the current's not running through it. But I know that there is power that passes through it even when I can't see it. So I need to be respectful, aware, conscious of the fence in front of me. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Last week, I spoke about a blind man who was sat by the roadside begging on the way into Jericho. And as the crowd with Jesus in it is coming along the road, coming into Jericho, the blind man sat by the road, asks those around us, what is going on? What is all the commotion? Who is it that's coming down this road? And the people tell him it's Jesus of Nazareth. If you were here last week or listened to the podcast, you will have heard me tell this story. It's just Jesus from Nazareth. Blind man, don't worry about it. Nazareth was a nowhere place, somewhere insignificant. They were saying to Jesus, although it was true, don't you worry about this Jesus. He just, you sit down and be quiet. He wouldn't want to take time to speak to you. But something stirred in the spirit of the blind man. He'd heard of this Jesus called Nazareth and knew he was really the son of God. Jesus, son of David, he called, which was from the line of David. Have mercy on me, he called out. Not being able to see Jesus, he called out to him. The crowd tried to shut him down, mocked and rebuked him. Sit down, be quiet. Who do you think that you are? But faith rose in him and he shouted all the louder, Jesus, have mercy on me. And we watched as Jesus stopped. And amongst all the noise, the chaos of the crowd moving swiftly down the road to Jericho, Jesus stopped and met with the man. And Jesus asked him, what can I do for you? The man replied, I want to see. Your faith has healed you, Jesus replied. Your faith. Faith. That's true faith, isn't it? The man literally couldn't see Jesus. He was blind. He couldn't see miracles take place. He might have heard about them, but he couldn't read about them in the news. He couldn't see the, all the encounters that Jesus was walking by and talking about with other people. He might have heard about them, might have heard people telling him of this good news, testifying to it. The sound of miracles could have been known to him, but he couldn't see it. Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith as having the confidence in what we hope for. And the assurance, the certainty of what we do not see. This man literally couldn't see. And it was his faith that healed him. But it wasn't faith in things or people. I'm sure that the blind man knew that other people existed even though he couldn't see them. He could hear them. He could feel them around him. He knew that people existed even though he couldn't see them. He had faith and he hoped that people would be generous to him while he begged. If he had no faith or hope that people would be generous to him while he begged, he wouldn't have sat in that place. He would have found somewhere 
else to be. But his healing, his faith for that wasn't in things. Or it wasn't faith in people, it was faith in Jesus. His faith was in the right place and in the right person. His certainty of asking for something as bold as his sight came because he knew that Jesus was not just a man from nowhere, but was Jesus, Son of God, from the line of David, Savior and King. Hebrews 11, many of you will know it well, I am sure, or have read it before. It's an inspiring and yet challenging chapter. It lists a whole lot of very regular people who by faith saw incredible moves of God and acts of God in their lives. Cain, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob and Isaac, Jacob and Esau, Joseph, Moses, Rahab. It even goes on to say, I do not have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David and Samuel and all the prophets. It says, I could go on and on telling you about these very regular people who simply had faith. But as I was reading it this week, verse 13 really caught my attention. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They were still living by faith when they died. That's long faith. Faith that lasts. It goes the distance. It didn't say that they still had some faith when they got older and passed on. But they were still living by faith. Trusting God in their every day. Faith that the life life they had led had led, serving God, loving God, following God through the trials and tribulations placed before them. Faith through the miraculous and the breakthroughs that they were so well known for. They still put faith in God through their living every day. Their faith and experience from a time gone by, from a moment before, wasn't enough. It's saying Noah didn't just rely on the faith that he'd had in God when God saved him and his family in this giant flood. I would say that was pretty big faith that Noah had. Well, the Bible doesn't say that Noah had faith for that, and that faith carried him through his entire life. He was still living by faith, not just on a past experience. Sarah, in her old age, had finally been able to conceive a promised child, It doesn't say that she lived on her faith in God that had led to that point in her life. Hebrews here is telling us that she was still living by faith right until the day she died. I don't live on the faith of past experience, on the miracles of the past. Sure, they encourage me. They inspire me to have faith. They challenge me to raise my faith and have greater expectations for God to move again. But my faith is not an experience or what God has done previously, but for what I hope for. My faith is in Christ. My faith is in the one who did 
the healing, the one who paid the price for my salvation, the one who rescued me from hopelessness. I have a faith and a hope of one day living in eternity with him, living in right relationship with him in my day-to-day life now. I have faith and hope that I will continue to walk in the goodness of God. They still lived by faith. They did not receive the things promised. They only welcomed them from a distance. Knowing and understanding that they were only visitors here on earth. That heaven is their home. Heaven, eternity with God, is the place where the full promise is realized. Imagine that. These heroes of faith, these people who we go, wow, you were just so close with God. That's an incredible thing that you saw happen. They inspire us. They spent time personally with God, some of them. And yet here we learn that they never received the fullness of the promise on earth. We know that they did not receive the full restoration of the earth and everyone acknowledging Christ. We've still not seen that ourselves. And so they still had faith. Our hope is not in earthly moments. In what goes well our way or what doesn't. Our hope is not in man-made solutions or solving the problems that we face in this world. Our hope is found in the work of Christ on the cross and the promise of eternal relationship with him. When we put our faith in him, when we are sure that what we find our hope in is in Christ, we have confidence on the things to come, of the things not yet seen. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. So hold on. You've got this. God is still God. Jesus still died for your sins, and by his grace we are made righteous, made right in relationship with God so that we can hold on to faith. Keep living by faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. You may not see the promise fulfilled, but keep living in faith, living with your eyes fixed on hope, confident in the hope that we have found being gifted through Christ. Because we know that if we have faith, everything will go well, right? Everything will be easy for us. Everything will be smooth and comfortable. Ah, Hebrews eleven thirty five to 40 says this, There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers, flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute and persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Well, doesn't that sound delightful? <laughs> Sign me up for faith. And yet they still had faith, confident in the hope they had in God. When we face hardships, 
disappointments, hurts, mocking, whatever it is, we can have faith. It almost, some of those things, sound worse than the things that we face. That's not to diminish the hard times that we do face, because we each have different levels of what we can handle. But I think it's a good reminder that some of the pressures, some of the things that they were willing to literally lay their lives down for the cause of Christ. They were willing in faith, because of faith, to endure, to face chains and imprisonment, jeers and mocking. They were prepared to not wear the latest fashion and instead be dressed in goatskins, mistreated by society. Why? Because of the great hope that they had, faith in God. They endured how? They fixed their eyes on hope, turned their attention to God. So whatever it is that we face, we can have faith. And Hebrews 12, 2 says, By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now, when I want to develop a new skill, when I want to get better at something. When I want to learn something, I'll get someone else who is really good at that thing and get them around me, spend some time with them, get them to teach me something. Now, I love board games. I don't know if anyone else is a board game person, but I had a... Ooh, <laughs> someone is. <laughs> we had this new card game that I'd never played before, and it sat on our shelf for ages because I just wanted to play with someone who knew how to play it. Well, one day my parents were coming to visit and they spied it on our shelf and went, oh, we've played it before. We'll teach you. We'll play with you. I said, great. Let's sit down and play. So we sat down and as we began to play, I gleaned from them and I learned from them and I asked questions on how they interpreted the rules and how they'd play certain cards and how they would accumulate points. Now, if my goal was simply to copy everything that they did during that game, we wouldn't have gotten very far in the game because I had a different set of cards in my hand to them. So if they put down a card, if I tried to copy them, well, I don't have that card. So all I'm doing is trying to learn from them. Oh, that's how you might play from that. That's the strategies I might learn, the patterns I might pick up, the tactics of how to play, how the rules work so that I might win my game, that I might play well. There were times when the game didn't look like it was going my way. It seemed like there was little hope for the game. But as we continued on in different rounds, and then another game after that, and then another game after that, my confidence grew, and their confidence also continued to grow, and their understanding of the game matured. To grow in our faith. We can look at these great heroes of faith and go, wow, it's amazing that they just had faith in the middle of these circumstances. It's amazing that they just went, oh, well, I'll place all my hope and trust in God. Sometimes we need to grow into our faith. Gather those around us who have faith to teach us, to show us, to testify, to tell us about the faith of things gone by. That's the role or part of the role of the gathered church. 
to encourage one another and spur one another on. We look to people who have been following Jesus longer than us, who've had great faith, not to copy exactly what they've done, but to learn from them, to learn patterns that point us to stronger faith in Jesus, because we're each called to run our own race. Each called to have faith and believe for different things, for the same hope set before us. 2 Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. To run the race marked out for us by God, running the same grace, running the same race towards the same hope, but following the plans and purposes of Christ for you. The good works that God has planned out in advance for you to do. You might even, like in a game like I was playing with cards, you might read something that helps show you the way. You can spend time in the Word of God, the inspired Word of God that's useful for teaching, preaching, and instruction in living right. It's there to help encourage and inspire our faith. I think this is part of why we have this chapter in Hebrews, to encourage us, to show us that there are great men and women, regular men and women, who have followed God, had faith in him, and enduring the hardships of life, still found ways to hold on to hope. Hebrews 11.40, God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Can I have the band join me back? Thanks, team. My prayer today is that faith would rise up in us again. We would hear this chapter in Hebrews of these great men and women of faith, people who we can look at and go, wow, look at what you did for Christ. But it's simply because they placed their hope in God and had faith in him. I pray that faith, your faith will rise in you and that you will have faith to see you through the hardships of life. Faith that'll, that'll keep inspiring you to pressing on to hope. Faith that will cause you to continue to call out like the blind man to Jesus. Let's not live on the experiences of faith in the past. We can look back with gratefulness, but we look forward with faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. We believe that God wants your life to be a great witness to those around you. The things that feel hard in life right now can be the opportunity to demonstrate in you great hope. That the miracles and wonders of God that you are experiencing now will testify to the hope that you have in Jesus. Last week, we celebrated two years as Life Church QE2 campus. But we're not done. There's more work to do. More people who do not yet have faith in Christ, do not yet know the reality of Jesus and what he did for them, the price that he paid. So we'll continue to have hope, continue in faith to reach out, 
to serve, to love people, to welcome people in, to introduce them to the person of Jesus. We need to lift our faith, raise our prayers, believe for opportunities, be bold in conversations and hopeful in all circumstances. We look back at what God has done for us so that we can with great hope and faith for what God has for us in the future, for you personally, for your family, for this church family, for this community, for this city. We'll witness it. Would you stand with me this morning if you're able? We're about to sing a song called Available. And if you're willing to sing these words and mean them, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say, I am available. Who would you have me witness to? Witness doesn't have to be sitting down in an hour-long conversation going through Genesis to Revelation. Doesn't have to be a full gospel message even. Can be simply sharing hope, encouraging, praying for someone. That small offer of prayer. Saying to them, hey, could I pray for you now? Or maybe I'll pray, I'll be praying for you. I encourage you to then actually pray for them. Knowing that our hope is in Jesus and the work of the cross. Continue to lift your faith. Have faith stirred in you. So like the blind men, we can call out to Jesus. Have Jesus stop and meet with people. Be bold in your approach to God and say, I am available. I want to finish by reading Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. As we've worked through Hebrews 11 and the faith of these men and women. The beginning of verse 12 really finishes off the chapter. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it simply means those who've gone before us and laid their lives down for the gospel. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's worship.